fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolfpack, what is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, rotostreetjournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves here with another edition of the Monday Market Report, your fantasy recap, where we go over all your risers, fallers, the early waiver wire action, and all the injuries you need to know. We got the Pats kicking off in about an hour. You boys know at this point that that's my team. Cannot wait to watch them spank the Jets later, but let's dive into all the action you need to know about because you don't want to move on to week eight until you know every single significant development. And right here at the top, we're going to get started with arguably the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in fantasy fucking football in my goddamn life. This is where the nightmares come in. This is where you hate your life beyond belief because of Chase Edmonds, Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals, David Johnson. What the fuck is going on there? Holy shit, what happened? Chase Edmonds rumbles 27 times, 126 yards and three TDs all on a day that David Johnson was supposedly active. He evaporates into dust, gets the first carry of the game for two yards, and then he's never heard of again. Wow. Thanks, Cliff, for making him active. Your emergency back plan after the game, he so he says, not at 100% just in case things needed. Chase Edmonds even at one point went over, threw up in a trash can, just as I probably was all afternoon after that horrendous game, and then gets tossed back in afterwards because David Johnson just couldn't do a single thing on the day. Obviously ruining fantasy lineups. Plenty of us out there had Chase Edmonds on the bench because we thought David Johnson was active and ready to go. Uh, Ultimately, this was brutal. This was tough to watch. And now we just got to sit and kind of wait back. What is the fallout? What happens here? There hasn't been a whole ton of news other than that David Johnson was not at 100%. But the bigger takeaway now is Chase Edmonds is really fucking good. Yeah, it came against the Giants, so we don't want to just overreact and freak out and, you know, crown this guy the next king. But ultimately, uh, he looked great. He looked like a fantastic running back, bursting through holes better than we've seen David Johnson doing all year. Uh, Ultimately, you know, even when Johnson comes back, I imagine this becomes more of a timeshare. Definitely has me nervous uh, for his season-long outlook. He has fallen now to 21-ish overall. He was number 7 overall just last week, David Johnson. Uh, and now my running back 15, and that might even be generous. we got to wait and see the news. They're working out Jay Ajayi. They're working out Spencer Ware. None of that sounds great for David Johnson's season-long outlook. So maybe these rankings flip. Right now, Edmonds up into my top 50 now. My running back 21. And if he does ultimately take over this backfield for multiple weeks. We just saw what the guy can do. High-end RB1 numbers, just as David Johnson had, because this is an offense that thrives with one back, dominating the touches. You can't really sub anyone out on defense because it's a three-down threat, and Edmonds can do it all. So folks, Chase Edmonds, if you stashed him as your David Johnson handcuff, you might have just got yourself a season winner. The guy is a monster. Uh, Corey Wilkes already asking, do we trade for David Johnson? I mean, like, are we getting rid of him? I don't know what type of value you can get at this point. Obviously, you'd be selling pretty low if you move David Johnson now. That being said, if he has any type of name value in your leagues, like 
I'd be tossing him out and just see what I could potentially get from him. And I have him almost everywhere. So ultimately, you know, it's tricky. It's tough to know until we know just the extent of this injury. His schedule is brutal. The, the uh, Cardinals running backs is already brutal right now. Uh, Bryce asking, do I sell high on Edmonds right now? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, this is going to be his best game of the year. The easiest matchup they had left on the calendar, like I said, two dates with the 49ers coming up. Just a brutal rest of season calendar. And when David Johnson comes back, who knows if this ends up being a type of timeshare, what is going to happen uh, with those two. It's definitely tough. It's, you know, again, you're losing a top seven back that was just running wild all over the place, catching eight balls a game. Now it becomes maybe a potential nightmare timeshare once he returns. Turns. I don't think so. I think it is a one back style system. And if it's going to be Chase Edmonds, who knows what that means for David Johnson? What if Jay Ajayi joins this mix as a complete mess of a situation? Uh, definitely something I am sketched out about. Definitely something I am worried about, folks. Uh, so you got to make sure you're tracking that news. Uh, my guess is they're going to sit David Johnson for the next couple weeks and just kind of let it be the Edmonds show here. Uh, and yes, Bryce, I think I would sell high on Edmonds. We're not going to see him perform this well, but the, die, the guy did look ridiculous uh, coming in. Matt Milliken saying, I dropped him at 12.45. How painful is that? It might even be more painful though just to have him on the bench and just see him staring at you 32 points. Why couldn't Cliff just fucking sit David Johnson so we could all just be happy and have used our Edmonds? Just what an asshole move that was. And he the game, he says he's passionate about his fantasy fans. He used to play the game himself, had a great season. Great. Thank you, fucking Cliff. Go fuck yourself. Awful stuff. Let's move on now to Aaron Rodgers. What a day this guy had. Uh, finally starting to heat up in LaFleur's offense. I know I've been ripping on this guy almost every single week. He's almost always my lower quarterback in my rankings. Not this week, though. I uh, suddenly got him a little bit closer to the ECR because he's, you know, again, only 230-plus yards in only one game coming into this contest, and that was against the pathetic Eagles defense. But boy, this was the offense that we were hoping to see under Matt LaFleur, that Sean McVay-style system, giving off the play-action screens, and then taking your deep shots. Rodgers was magnificent. A perfect passer rating, going 25 of 31 for 429 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks, and oh, why don't we just add another touchdown on the ground? A ridiculous 45-plus fantasy points, depending on your settings. He skyrockets up to my QB6 from my quarterback 14. If this newfound comfort level continues, and this was without Devonta Adams, nonetheless. So if that's you know continues to be more of the norm, not even a, you know that easy of a matchup. Yeah, the Raiders secondary, two of the worst corners in the league, but he has a, a decent schedule moving forward. Aaron Rodgers does. So at this point, he leaps right into those elite QB ones. I think he's finally comfortable with Lafleur. They seem to really have a, a bonding chemistry there. Uh, after you know kind of butting heads in those early weeks. It could be an Aaron Rodgers just light fest coming up, and I, I ultimately missed out on that. I would have. I wish I had told you guys to buy low on him because I didn't see this coming. I did not see this type of turnaround. But when Devonta Adams rejoins this burgeoning offense, this exploding offense right now, it could mean even better things for Aaron Rodgers. So ridiculous output there. Tunenberg's asking. And good to see you, Tunes. Thanks for coming in. Uh, what kind of numbers do you think Myers puts up tonight? 
I mean, Brady does love the guy. He's clearly you know, the rumored number one target through all of training camp for Tom Brady. And when he's gotten his action, he's gotten his catches. I would expect something like five catches, 60 to 70 yards or so. Maybe he finds the end zone. He's been a sneaky red zone beast this year, Toons. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see that from him with Josh Gordon out. Uh, we know Edelman last time kicked outside where Myers then manned the slot. And Brady loves peppering that slot uh, remove, you know, receiver right there. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Myers do some decent things if you're doing like a DraftKings captain league or things like that as well. Matthew Milliken, yeah, when they said DJ was good, I agree. Decided to move on, right? Why burn the roster spot? Although if you own DJ, it's kind of like you had to have Edmonds the way he's been dinged up. So I don't know if I could have fully endorsed that, but I get where you're coming from. Uh, as Anthony says, asshole move by Cliff. Maybe the ultimate asshole move of the season. If I'm looking at the entire list of asshole things that have been done, Anthony, I think that's right up there with them all. Yeah, what an awful awful fucking ass wipe Cliff Kingsbury is for what he has done to us fantasy owners. Uh, let's and Again, the fact that he says, well, I used to play fantasy as if that's going to soften the blow, you fucking dick. Ugh, awful. Alrighty, let's get on to some other good news, though. Let's move on. I just had to get that vent out of there as a David Johnson owner. Uh, Jacobs and Waller have become the offensive engine of the Raiders. Jacobs confirming that stretch run fantasy RB1 workhorse status. As I predicted, I told you guys all last week on the podcast, get this guy now. He's fresh off 29 touches and it's not going to go away. This week he carries it 21 times, racks up 124 yards, in addition to another 10 yards for the air. The only thing the guy didn't do is score, uh, but ultimately looked like a monster trucking defenders, juking defenders, that true every down threat back. Uh, I love what I'm seeing out of Jacobs. If you went him over Montgomery when you're debating the rookies, congratulations. Wasn't what I recommended, and I apologize to anyone who sided on David Montgomery on my behalf. I'm an awful, awful fucking move there. But Josh Jacobs, what a monster. Hopefully you got the guy because his schedule moving forward is complete cake. From here on out, even in the playoffs, there's really only one or two red matchups on the calendar. The rest are green and a couple middle of the packs too. So Josh Jacobs and then Darren Waller, especially with Tyrell Williams being out, you know, we knew he was already the target leader. He's already leading this team in receptions, in receiving yards with Tyrell there. But now with him out, there's always that risk. You know, is he going to fade? Is he going to draw too much defensive attention? What's going to happen? Uh, even with him out there against a tough secondary that's erased tight ends up to this point in Green Bay. Waller is an absolute monster. Seven catches on eight targets, 126 yards and two scores, and just barely missing a third touchdown, even though the team loses. The guy's athletic as all hell. He gets the well-deserved extension, but some of these catches he's making, the toe tappers, the leaping grabs, I mean, he looks very much elite. He's clearly in line for some of the most, if not the highest volume among tight ends the rest of the year. And now with Mahomes banged up, like who would you rather have, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey? I know one's a name, and I know one's just dominating week in and week out, I might put my chips on Darren Waller the rest of the season as the best tight end, maybe even over Kittle. Waller has been absolutely killing it, folks. Um, And if you drafted him, I mean, he's a fantasy value of the year candidate, no doubt about it. Robert Moreno commenting, I dropped MVS last week at figures. Should I try and get him back on this week's waiver or this time, one time? I mean, he's tricky, Robert, right? Like, ultimately, yeah, he blew up, but it was on two catches. So three targets on the week. I'm not overly confident that each and every week he's going to catch one of these long bombs. That's his calling card. He's 6'3", blazes that 4'3", 40. But like, do you trust that type of volume? Are they going to consistently click the way they did? Are we going to have some more ground-centric attacks where Aaron Jones gets another four touchdowns? 
potentially. I don't think it's going to be a, a 500-yard Aaron Rodgers day each and every week, depending on the matchups. So I wouldn't go all out to go get MVS. Sure, stash him if you can get him, but I'm not going to burn my number one priority or anything like that on MVS or some other guys I would stash above him. Started chasing FanDuel, won me a few money, only a few. I don't know how you only want a few of you were able to stash him, David. What a play by you. Uh, congratulations on that one. I wish I had started him everywhere. Good move. Leonard Fournette. Here's another one uh, in terms of confessing fantasy sins. I'll admit I was dead wrong about Leonard Fournette coming into the year. The guy is an unbelievable asset uh, this this season. Just a sure bet for insane volume. Gets another 31 touches. Holy hell, talk about defining workhorse. 31 touches, two of them being receptions. Racks up 131 yards on the ground, plus another 14 through the air. What an absolute definition of a building block centerpiece of your offense. Fournette has been. He's looked just as explosive as he did his rookie season. I know Lasher dinged up all year, looks sluggish. And that's always the concern with Fournette. There's always the risk of re-injuring the feet or the ankles. He's definitely been bulky all over the place. But whereas I was advising sell this guy high early in the season, at this point, get aboard the bus and just ride it till kingdom come, till it crashes, if it ever does. It's a runaway fantasy train, I like to call him. He's number 12 overall on my latest big board, my running back nine. The guy is a beast, and you have to feel great about him moving forward as your workhorse. And last but not least, and this is just number six on a list. Uh, No, we got two more, sorry. Uh, The next one being Adrian Peterson. And the reason I put him on here, and I've got, you know, 15 other stories, but I wanted to make sure I highlight Adrian Peterson. If you want to see these other headlines, go to rotostreetjournal.com, download the app even better, where I have all the headlines compiled, all the stats you need to know, and then we're going to be churning out our stock watches throughout the week on all of these guys. And Adrian Peterson, definitely one that has risen over the last few weeks, gets 20 carries and 81 yards against the 49ers. Ho-hum, nothing incredible Except the fact that the 49ers have been stifling every single running back they've faced. Even more important, Bill Callahan promised, let's turn back the clocks and get right back to our run-heavy ways. And look at the fuck he's doing. Adrian Peterson now has 43 carries over two weeks. That's 21 and a half per game. He's racked up almost 200 yards, 199 over these two games. Uh, and that's, again, including one of the hardest rundies in the league to go against for Peterson. I know he's nothing special as a talent, but he's one of those guys that gets better the more and more you feed him. And he is clearly going to be fed each and every week. Uh, again, 20 carries against a tough 49ers defense. I, I know the game script might not be quite this pleasant with you know, the, the pouring rain, and it definitely wasn't a Peterson-style game, but that's clearly Callahan's calling card, is he's going to stick to the run no matter what, and that means AP, a high-end RB2. I have him above Joe Mixon at this point in my rankings, right around RB27 or so. A quality play for there. Uh, killing myself for not starting El Murray over Brita. That is brutal, Giuseppe. My guy, I'm sorry to hear that one. Uh, that early concussion on him, that is shitty. Drop AP or Duke for Edmonds PPR. I definitely would drop Duke first, as I just talked about AP. I think he's got some real nice... Uh, especially in standard league. So PPR, loses a bit of appeal because he doesn't catch as nearly as many balls. But still, Duke Johnson's useless at this point. If only Bill O'Brien could recognize the talent he had in front of him, he's been clearly the most efficient back on that team. It's not really even close. I think he actually leads the league in yards per touch out of any position right now. But just it, you can't just assume Bill O'Brien's going to do the right thing because it is the right thing. And so ultimately, Duke Johnson just rotting behind. Ew, gross, hideous, ugly Carlos Hyde. I would definitely go... Uh, Edmonds over uh, Duke Johnson for the rest of the season. There's no doubt about it. And last but not least on this 
uh, risers list, last but not least, rather, uh, Cousins and Diggs. Another monster effort for Cousins. Another straight week over almost 30 fantasy points. Uh, just bombarding the Lions defense here. Cousins goes 337 and four scores his second straight week with four touchdowns. Uh, digs another monster, 142 yards within this. Didn't score a lot of touchdowns going to random tight ends. Uh, Adam Thielen making that nice catch, and we'll talk about his injury here. But Cousins at this point, I mean, yeah, he was averaging only 10 pass attempts per game over those early weeks. It was a historic low pace, but those squeaky wheels continue to get greased, even though a matchup against the uh, the Lions calls for running the ball, and we certainly saw Dalvin Cook just bursting all over the field. That play action is so deadly. Kirk Cousins is one of the best play action quarterbacks in the league. He always has been. His passer rating on those throws is among the highest in the league every single season. And we're seeing why. And he's starting to connect with Diggs. And now that Thielen's out, even more volume potentially going Diggs' way for as long as he's out. We'll talk about Thielen's injury a little bit later here. Uh, but ultimately, you got to feel great about this passing game. And then the overall offense, too, what this means for Dalvin Cook with the box is no longer capable of being completely stuffed because Cousins has found his arm. And they're just thriving right now in every facet, clicking in every cylinder. And I love Kirk Cousins. You know, again, there's so many good quarterbacks that he's only up to quarterback 16 on my season-long big board. There's always that risk that he only throws, you know, 10 passes, goes for like 100 in a score. That could happen any given week. But still, at this point, he joins that viable quarterback ones definitely in the right matchups like this Thursday, facing off with the Redskins, his old team revenge game, baby. Definitely a fan of Kirk Cousins in that matchup and definitely a fan of Diggs to light that team up as well. All righty, fuck Joe Mixon. Great comment, Giuseppe. I couldn't agree more. And that's actually a great cue to get to our uh, followers here. And at the top of the list, again, just to reiterate for anyone new that didn't catch my beginning rant, I'm not going to get nearly as emotional and fired up, I don't think, about David Johnson, but holy fucking shit, Cliff Kingsbury, he's active, he's good to go, he's out there on the first play for a carry for two yards, and then not heard from the rest of the game, are you fucking kidding me, what an absolute fantasy fucking kick to the nuts by Cliff Kingsbury. Just make the guy inactive so we can all use Chase Edmonds. Find another guy to put in your emergency back situation. Cliff comes into the game saying, we knew it all along. Well, tell us that. Come on, don't be a dick and play the guy in an emergency back role. Not tell us that at all. And meanwhile, Edmonds just looks better than Johnson's looked all year. And Johnson has been a horse. I'm not sitting here trying to insult the guy, uh, but Edmonds just was running even harder. Three touchdowns, 127 yards on the ground, thriving in his absence. So what does that mean when and if David Johnson does ever get himself fully healthy? At this point, you know the team's going to be able to rest him and just ride the Chase Edmonds show till they get Johnson healthy. But if they do, uh, and when he does, if everything's thriving with Chase Edmonds, would they actually go back to David Johnson as a clear-cut workhorse? Is it going to be a timeshare? Could he, God forbid, lose that job to Chase Edmonds? I don't know. These questions were certainly things none of us had considered even pondering last week, and now suddenly fantasy owners are stuck on DJ and what the fuck's going to happen. He's right around 30 overall on my latest season-long big board. It's terrifying. It's awful. Uh, it's really tough. Um, and who knows what we can do from this point out with him. It's just kind of a sit and, and wait and see what happens. But Edmonds has to be owned in every single league. Hopefully you already owned him as a David Johnson owner, and that's the guy that I would feel more comfortable starting this week. And a nice matchup, too. The schedule does get very hard from here on. Speaking of other bags of shit running backs, <laughs> this, this menu's clearly full of them all. Let's go through them. David Montgomery. 
Oh my good God. What in the flying fuck? Four touches. Four. One, two, three, four. Four. Four touches. Four. How many times can I say four fucking touches for six fucking yards and 13 yards to the air? Are you kidding me? So much for the Matt Nagy workhorse, folks. What is going on with this? And, and again, as we just raved about uh, Josh Jacobs, it's just such a contrast at this point, their usage. It is pathetic. The Bears offense looks horrendous anyways. So even if the guy was getting 20 plus touches, how many scoring chances would be generated by this awful Mitch Trubisky led offense? The line is banged up, not open opening nearly a semblance of a hole, but the fact that they're so quick to abandon the run game, seven total carries for the Bears this week is just abysmal, is just pathetic, and how could you ever trust David Montgomery in your fantasy lineup unless we see a tidal wave style shift? He's down to my running back 38, number 101 overall. What a humongous bust. I apologize if you end up drafting him on our behalf because we definitely were high on him. I tried to call people out by being low on him. And that is not working out at all. Definitely one of our worst predictions of the year, and I apologize right now for that. Uh, Awful David Montgomery performance. Has to be on your bench. Maybe even cuttable at this point. Um, Disgusting. Talking about hate cuts, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm certainly fucking tempted because this guy fills my soul with the worst brimming, burning, passionate, fueled hate that I've ever fucking felt. Joe Mixon ruining my fantasy season so far. I just hear satanic laughs every time this guy runs his fucking nose straight into his lineman's asses. Every single week it happens. Look at this stat line. Two yards on 10 carries. What the fuck's that average? Like 0.02 per carry? Holy hell. And a nice booming one catch for... Hmm, let's double that. Two yards. Four total yards on the fucking day for Joe Mixon. He somewhat saved it with a touchdown, so you didn't get yourself .9 for the week. But holy fucking shit. This is what you were signing up for in the first round, in the second round. Easily, easily, not even close, the bust of the fantasy year. I mean, I took him over Dalvin Cook in a league. I keep telling myself I won't, you know, I got to drop it. I got to forget about it or else I'll never be able to find sleep. I'm never going to find sleep. I'm just going to watch Purple Jesus running all over the fucking place, running circles around my pathetic, awful, horrendous, disgusting, whatever adjective you want to use to describe this fucking bag of shit. Joe Mixon, completely useless and a pathetic asshole. I'm so sick of this guy. I actually wrote a scene for a screenplay about me meeting Joe Mixon and what I would do to him. So I might post that on the site. Just fucking weird ass shit. Uh, But I fucking hate the guy. Awful human being. And uh, at this point, has to be on benches. I mean, bye weeks I guess you got your source of value. But what I saw was uh, another stat. I wish I had it saved right in here from Graham Barfield about the routes run by Joe Mixon. He's run 22 routes, I think, on the season. And that's, you know, ranking almost dead last. We expected this guy to be like that Todd Gurley style offensive engine, a three down threat each and every week's, uh, you know, it, it ultimately is just so mind boggling how bad he is. Top fan, Brandy Martin. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you found us. Thanks for messaging in earlier to make sure we found you. Wolf, I'm down 26. Have Pat's defense. Do I have a chance? Please say yes. Maybe 10% chance. The Pats D has been that good this year. I mean, they've had a few 26 plus point days at this point. I think two to three games of that. 
I do think the Jets offense is quite better than most of these teams they faced all years. Darnold looked very legit against the Cowboys. I think the Pats D is going to stifle them up and have a nice performance, but I'm thinking more 15 or so. I Get your hopes up. Pray for the best. It's not impossible, but I would not call it likely, Brandy. But I'm hoping for you. I'm pulling for you. Uh, my boys did me very wrong this week too, Brandy, and it hurts. I went 0-5. You want to hear a horror story, folks? Let me just tell you a real nightmare. You want to stay up at night? I lost a league by 1.9 after Melvin Gordon fumbled on the goal line. Yep. Yep. One fucking point nine. I lost that matchup by. If he didn't fumble, if he wasn't in the game, I win by point six. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be losing sleep for the next fucking week. So, Brandy, I, I'm sorry you had a bad week, but this was about as bad of a fantasy week as I've ever had. Uh, definitely disgusting. Thank you, though, Duck, for the compliment on the shirt. I, I bet you're looking good in yours, too. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, and thanks for uh, the compliments. It's really what I need at this point in my life because my fantasy teams have abandoned me. The darkness is setting in, folks. Um, all right, let's get to another story. Let's keep commenting on your questions. As I move on to Philip Lindsay, just a quick plug. If you want to catch up on all this news, our app is definitely the cleanest way to consume all our content. Um, at Roto Street Journal in your app store, RSJ in your app store, or just rotostreetjournal.com. If you don't want to download the app, that's fine too. But we have tons of content. We have tons of stock watches coming out for you. Um, so just tune into the show. This is only going to be you know 24 of like 50 stock watches that we have getting prepped up for you. So catch all that stuff. And if you don't mind liking, commenting, sharing while you watch this, it helps us get found. Um, if we've helped you at all, I mean, maybe not this week because my recommendations weren't too great, but if we've helped you at all, you don't mind sharing it out in any fantasy football groups or anything you got going on, it means the world. So thank you, folks. Again, it, it means the world to have you just here in the first place anyways. Um, Edmonds fucked me, Johnson. I know, Brandy. I feel that one. That happened to me too. Mikey Tauber. And Kingsbury, being a good coach, pretended they knew it all along to shield the player from the media and fans. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a good uh, coaching strategy, right? I want to hate the guy, because, but again, he, why should he care about my fantasy fucking team? He shouldn't. And th- that was smart to not make this guy answer all these questions. But man, I fucking wish he just was straightforward with us, because I would have had Edmonds in every lineup and probably gone, you know, four and one instead of zero and five. Robert Moreno played the Kamara owner this week. Not only blocked him by grabbing Murray, but put Murray in my lineup and smoked him for the win. I love the. That, that's got to be a, like you know fantasy cuckolding, right? Like glossary term right there. Ultimate move when you steal a handcuff and then use it against the person that you were facing. That actually happened to me in my family league. My dreaded cousin that I can't fucking stand losing to did that same exact thing to me, Robert. So as much as I love like supporting you and pounding to that one, because what an awesome move. I felt that one straight into me as well. Fucking hurts deep down. Husband's down four. He has Bell and they have White. What's the chances? Brandy, I would say a pretty good chance. I mean, James White, though, against this linebacking core that's really struggled in coverage, could have himself a big day. It's really coming down to you know how big does the Patriots lead get and how early do they get up? Because if it becomes a pound the game, you know, pound that ball out, then James White will be on the sideline for, and Sony and Rex might be the preferred options. But Bell's also facing the team that's given up the 31st points to run back to the, the, the second fewest. So to me, I think Bell will get you your 15 or so. It's just a matter of what does White do. If I had a choice, that's a real coin flip. He definitely has a great shot as compared to yours. Uh, I would say 50-50, I'm going to probably lean your husband takes that one down, even though it's a tough uh, battle there. 
purple Jesus. I have Cook in the third round. How the fuck did you get Cook in the third round, Rob? We're just rubbing that one in. You, are you like? Are you unbelievably like? Are you undefeated at this point? That's just ridiculous. Five and one, but I'm a ten man only girl. Then I go five and two. That's all right. You're still right towards the top, Brandy. Uh, keep crushing it. Last week I lost by .78 on a meaningly dump pass to Eckler to end the game. Isn't that shit just the worst tunes when you fucking lose in that style of fashion? Just disgusts me. It just makes me sick. Uh, awful, awful. But a goal line fumble too. Like, come on. I know yours is bad. A goal line fumble. Not only did you not punch it in, you fumbled it. Just get tackled and I still win. You fumbled it at the goal line. How fucking pathetic can you fucking be? Speaking of goal lines, Philip Lindsay losing goal line work this week to Royce Freeman. You can't feel great about that. Now, he's had a stranglehold, Philip Lindsay has, on that goal line work all year. He's been the clear-cut featured back. And I like Lindsay as a player. I think he's the better talent here. The way he runs and his feet just fire like a toy soldier. I mean, the guy has some of the best burst and vision, I think, in the league. And he looks great in the zone blocking scheme when they get it established. That being said, this was the Royce Freeman show. He gets the goal line snap. He converts. Royce played a season-high 63% of the snaps compared to a season-low 40% for Lindsay. Now, part of that is they were down the whole game, and Royce has somewhat carved out that pass-catching back role for them. But Lindsay's a decent pass catcher too, and it kind of sucks that he doesn't get any type of run on that. So when the Broncos get down, and I suspect with as long as Joe Flacco's that quarterback, they're going to be down much more often than they're not. Uh, Lindsay's going to continue to get game flowed out now. He, you know, again, whether he could, he's very capable as a running back and pass catching back too. But they're not using him in that route, and they're not using him in that manner. And right now, that means Philip Lindsay has to take a decent stock hit in your season long rankings. Uh, uh, lower end, much lower end RB, RB2, maybe more so of a flex in the right matchups. And what are the right matchups at this point with this awful time? Yeah, tunes, feeling the pain. I appreciate it. It's, it's good to share the pain. Uh, and speaking of pain, Zach Ertz owners burning a second round pick on a guy that hasn't topped like 60 yards on the year. What the fuck is going on with him? The descent to fantasy nowhere continues with two catches on five targets, 38 yards in week seven against the Cowboys. Didn't even see a look in the first half. Meanwhile, Dallas Goddard going off for 61 in a TD right in his face. That one hurts. That sucks. Uh, and we know we were worried about Zach Ertz coming into the year because of all the different targets. You know, Jay Jaws and you, know, you got Alshon returning and you got Dallas Goddard thriving in camp. Is the volume going to be there that's made this guy a beast? But you still had to like the consistency we've seen out of him each and every year. Unfortunately, that help, that has you in a tough spot because this guy has been a low-end tight end one at best. Uh, now he's down to that, you know, tier of like the Ebrons. You're hoping for a touchdown at best style offense with Zach Ertz. Fucking sucks because this guy was a difference maker at one of the hardest positions to find them. Imagine that, you know, the fact that you could add Waller undrafted who's, you know, tripling up Zach Ertz at this point. Uh, it really sucks and just hurts. I, I don't know what else to say. I don't see it getting all that much better. I don't see a huge reason to go and buy low on the guy. I mean, maybe if it's real low and you're, you're just complete shitbags at tight end, maybe you try and see, can this guy turn it around? And another shitbag tight end this week, Evan Ingram. Now, if I was going to buy low on one of the two, it would 100% be Ingram, a better talent and a better, you know, somewhat better rapport with his quarterback, but disappears in the juiciest of matchups. Doesn't feel good. You, you know, sitting there when he's facing Arizona, who's given up 25 points to the tight end, you know, next closest teams with an eight over a touchdown more per game to tight ends Arizona. And you see Red Ellison. <laughs> Red Ellison. Yeah. Ooh, thanks, Red. 
that was a fun one. Uh, gets the touchdown. Evan Ingram does literally nothing in the juiciest of matchups. Uh, what's the final stat line for this guy? But one of one of five targets for six scoreless yards. Talk about ruining your week. That one sucks. That one stinks. That one sits really horribly in the stomach right there. Uh, ultimately, I expect him to get it back, and I think it is worth throwing out some offers for him, especially when you see the Giants' playoff schedule. It is a complete joke. So if you're sitting there pretty towards the top of your league and you need a tight end and you have some you know, decent depth to move and Evan Ingram's owner's freaking out, I think this is the right time to start tossing out offers, trying to get this guy because he could be a season, you know, difference maker down the stretch. But this was hideous of all hideous uh, performances. Keep your questions coming in, guys, especially if you have anything on the waiver wire, which we're going to check right now for you. Uh, give you some names that are a little bit higher owned, followed by three guys that are not even owned in the least a bit right here. Uh, right towards the top of the list, and I put an LOL on here because... I couldn't have hated a single player more than this guy. I still despise him. I would have won my matchups, though, if I picked him up instead of Dante fucking Pettis. Holy hell. Can't wait to hate cut him tomorrow. If you like hate cuts, make sure you tune into the Instagram tomorrow. I've got a few lined up, and Dante Pettis' rainbow-headed fuck is going to be one of them. But a guy that I should have played over him, Corey Davis, explodes for season highs under Tannehill. That's the reason I wanted to bring him up. Goes 6 of 7, 80 yards and a TD uh, in the Titans' Week 7 win. The key again, Ryan Tannehill being the quarterback. Whoever thought that fucking sentence would be like, the second it rolled off my mouth, I was like, ugh, or the key was Ryan Tannehill. Jesus, disgusting. But still, the offense finally found some consistent running, consistent groove with Ryan Tannehill throwing the rock. Had himself a 300-yard, two-TD day. Uh, found some nice connections with A.J. Brown as well. Just seemed to get some stability going to this passing game, and none more so than Corey Davis, who was clearly his top guy. They made money happen over the middle all all day and Davis was getting himself wide open so ultimately with a matchup you know I, I can't sit here and say I think Corey Davis is now locked in wide receiver three the guy I, I, I hated him and I still hate him because he's a complete bag of fucking dirt but ultimately facing Tampa Bay next week the, the most points to wide receivers or the second most whatever the hell it is we know they're horrible they're getting up the most passing yards in the league I think you can stream Ryan Tannehill and if Corey Davis only 41% owned is out there you could definitely toss him into your flex or wide receiver three spot and expect some decent production from the guy. Another higher owned guy, but someone you want to check for, especially first if you're weak at quarterback. Let's say you lost Mahomes this week. Ah, Jacoby Brissett, 48% owned and throws a career day against the Texans. Completes 29 of 39 passes, 26 of 39 rather, 326 yards and four touchdowns it's compared to zero interceptions that's always been the calling card with Brissett protects the ball extremely well uh but the touchdowns that's where we're really getting surprised here he's been a beast in the red zone office lately we're seeing one-handed snags from Ebron we're seeing Zach Pascal, whatever the fuck that is emerge for 100 yards and two scores T.Y. Hilton obviously a beast but what's really great about Brissett is the offensive line in front of him. The guy is unpressured like almost the entire game. Just kind of like what's led to Dax breakout when his whole line is healthy, what we saw this weekend against the Eagles. That's what's happening for Brissett. He has all day to throw. The running game is thriving, too, to keep this offense balanced. Uh, the guy can run as well. So if you're in quarterback troubles, Brissett is definitely a viable QB1 the rest of the year. He's right around my QB17. And again, Cousins, those guys, they're all in the same wheelhouse for me. It just goes to show how deep quarterback consistently is. That's why you don't spend up on a Mahomes on draft day. Uh, because guys like Brissett, 
that on waiver wires. You could still have on waiver wires and a fair, de- a fairly decent schedule moving forward for Brissett. Uh, you gotta love him in these shootout style games. That's when you can really use him because otherwise they're just gonna pound the the rock in the right matchups. But when you have a back and forth shootout style game, Brissett just showed he can wheel and deal with the best of him. More points than Deshaun Watson on the other side of the ball. A great effort from him. Uh, some other guys, and now we're getting some waiver wire questions. David and uh, Cam Geckel, awesome to hear from you guys. We'll get right to your questions. But first, let's cover the Dolphins wide receivers. Now again, let's preface this. If you don't want to have anyone on the Dolphins, I would never blame you. I would never fault you. But they're always going to be in comeback mode because of how bad they suck. And that means guys like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are actually becoming sneaky fantasy plays. Devontae Parker goes 5 of 10 targets for 55 yards and a score. Now, this is the third straight week this guy has scored and gone over 14 to 15 fantasy points. He's got that connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially in the red zone. I love Devontae Parker moving forward. I can't believe I'm saying that after all the years of meaningless hype that we've bought into, that everyone seems to buy into. The guy has been getting it done, especially in the red zone, though, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he's the guy I scramble to first if I'm wide receiver needy. Uh, I like him more than Corey Davis, let's say, moving forward for the rest of the season. Now, Davis, as a week you know, eight stream with Tampa Bay on docket, makes sense. But Devontae, Devontae Parker's for season-long value here, I really could see him being a decent wide receiver three the rest of the season. But th- this week, you know, has been a leading target for the last couple. Preston Williams, a big 6'5 body, Goes six of eight for 82 yards. Both the receptions and the yards leading the team hasn't just missed a, a t- amazing potential touchdown grab, and getting the f- two feet down. But as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick, especially as the quarterback, and this team continues to play from behind, these two, as we saw with Evans and Godwin last year, uh, no, they're not nearly those types of talents. But Fitzmagic can make some crazy stuff happen in late games. He can sustain some decent fantasy receiver stats. And these two are balling out right now. Uh, as, as disgusting as it is to think they're on the Dolphins and they're balling out, can those things actually happen? I uh, guess so. So definitely two guys to look for if you're wide receiver needy. Now another guy, if you're just kind of looking for a, a stop gap right now for your bye weeks, uh, no one has as much upside right now as Kenny Stills. Big injury to Will Fuller we're going to cover in the next section, but he's expected to miss several weeks. And in his absence, Stills admirably fills that deep threat role, that crucial field-stretching role in Bill O'Brien's offense. He catches four of his five targets, goes for 105 yards, leads the team in air yards. Uh, Deshaun Watson clearly looking to this guy over for the big play. He plays 94% of the snaps with Will Fuller out. That 61 total. Uh, runs 95% routes compared to 76% for Kiki Cutie. This is the clear number two to DeAndre Hopkins right now in one of the league's most explosive attacks with one of the friendliest schedules from here on out. So Kenny Stills, if you're wide receiver needy with Fuller about to be out for several weeks, Weeks, and we know this guy's a notoriously slow healer. Uh, Kenny Stills could be a monster down the stretch here for your fantasy team. In terms of like ranking the wide receivers, I'd probably put him at the top just because he's got this clear path to great volume and a great offense for the next four to five weeks. I think he has the highest blow-up potential. Then I'd go Devontae Parker, then probably Corey Davis, then Preston Williams, but I really like all four. If you're needy at wide receiver, you got yourself some decent options on the waiver wire this week. And going to you know a different position now, Ty Johnson. Uh, a handcuff finally emerging that could come to some value for the rest of the season. Carry on Johnson. There's no official word how long he's going to be weak uh, out, but right before going on the show, 
Uh, Adam Schefter tweets out that it's going to be week to week. That he's expected to miss some time. Last year missed a, a good amount of time. Was shut down actually because of a knee injury. Missed like the final half of the the season right there. And Ty Johnson, I mean, he was the workhorse. He gets 10 straight carries without him, and there barely any other action from any other backs. McKissick a, a little bit involved there. And it wasn't like Johnson lit the world on fire, only 29 yards, uh, gets four catches for another 28, so racks up a, a steady 57 yards. But the, the key was he became that offensive centerpiece, that workhorse role that carry-on was getting. It seems like Ty Johnson, you know, maybe the team makes a move at running back, it's C.J. Anderson back, what have you. But if not, Ty Johnson seemed like he's going to be the guy. This is one... Uh, that averaged, you know, over 7.6 yards per carry at Maryland. He rips off a f- insane 4-3-40. Uh, he's got decent pass-catching chops. He's really impressed in that aspect in training camp. Were all the reports, this guy has the makings of a potential three-down horse and at minimum this week faces the Giants. And we just saw what Chase Edmonds did to these guys. So could Ty Johnson do something similarly? Only 2% owned. I imagine he's going to be someone that waiver wire bunny is going to be flying all over the place for, especially if you own Carrion Johnson or if you're running back needy, flex needy. Ty Johnson could be a three-down horse for at least two to three weeks. Uh, it could be even longer knowing Carrion Johnson's extensive injury history as well. And last but not least on the waiver wire, two quick wide receiver names I want to highlight that are both 1% owned. <laughs> Andrew Erickson? No, Alex Erickson. Sorry, that's a guy I graduated high school with. It was Andrew Erickson. What's up, brother? If you're here watching the show, Alex Erickson, whatever the fuck he is, some creature comes out of the sewer, gets 14 targets and 137 yards. You got to sight the guy. Now, who knows if that's going to, it's definitely going to be his season high. No way he tops 137 yards or 14 targets, but he played nearly every snap, was in for 66 of Dalton's 70. He bounced in between the slot, 21 snaps, out wide, 45 snaps, and he caught balls from wherever he was lined up. It didn't really matter, but was definitely a chain mover for Andy Dalton. It was kind of, it seemed like he became the first read and he was often open, good quicks in the open field. I don't know a whole ton about him. I won't pretend to, but when I watched the, the little quick bits of highlight before I wrote about him, the guy was running wide open and looked pretty damn dangerous after the catch too, which is no wonder why he had eight catches on 14 targets. Looked like he could be a potential PPR monster. So at only 2% owned, if you miss out on some of those other big name receivers, he's a guy you could potentially throw a dart at, as is Zach Peskel, who's definitely locked down, cemented that number two role for the surging Colts, the surging Brissett right now, gets seven targets, catches six of them for over 100 yards and two scores. Now that's going to probably be his best output, but 12 12 points, nine points, two and a half, and then 25, pretty usable numbers outside that one, two and a half point dud for the guy over those last four games as that clear cut number two. And with a decent schedule moving forward, Pascal, a, a solid offense that you want to get pieces of. He seems to be a clear number two right now. Uh, so again, if you need wide receivers this week, this is the week to be wide receiver needy. All right, guys, let's get to your questions. I know you've been very patient here. David Borrigan. Is there any way Damian Williams salvages some points with Mahomes out as they probably won't be slinging the ball? I mean, that's a narrative, but he's not going to salvage many points if he's the you know third option. He is clearly behind McCoy this week. Daryl Williams got the snaps at the goal line, didn't do anything with him. It's just a three-headed fucking disgusting nightmare. And what we've always loved about Andy Reid's running backs, what we loved about Damian Williams last year towards the end of the year where he was the number two running back in points per game as a starter was the volume, the workhorse-style uh, insane backfield. And now with Mahomes out, is that offense going to be nearly as explosive if it remains a three-headed disgusting committee with 
with Matt Moore at quarterback. Now you're in an even worse offense with even less predictable volume. So David, no, I, honestly, I don't have any faith in Damian Williams just because the volume has become so spread out. Yeah, maybe the attempts go up for everybody, but still that ground pie just gets even less quality without Mahomes there. Cam Geckle, 6-1. and one. Thanks for rubbing it in, brother. Unless Edelman Nuggets goes negative 56 points. Uh, I think you're probably pretty uh, pretty damn safe there, Cam Geckle. Congratulations. I'm glad a loyal Wolfpack member is doing as well as you are right now. Do I need to comment more? <laughs> comment as much as you want, Brandy. I love having you in here. Uh, I appreciate all you guys coming in for, for the show. Come on, Wolf. What are you, what are you commenting for? I don't know what I said, but uh, Brandy, I hope you win tonight. I really do. I love you tuning in every week. Robert, I have Matt Ryan. Might lose him next week to injury, then his bye. Jameis is my backup. Smart to trust him? No. Why would you ever trust fucking Jameis Winston? No. Uh, I would grab Brissett or Stafford. I don't know the two matchups. If you want to check for me real quick, Robert, I can tell you which one I'd prefer. Uh, but I like Brissett and Stafford definitely as much, if not more, than Jameis. I do know Jameis has Tennessee, and that's been a tough pass defense this year. So I would probably look at either of those other guys. I might even look at Raya. That's when you just know you're completely fucked. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. That is very disappointing. Uh, fuck, I hope you still you know, came on in. And Brandy, I love having you as a viewer, so thanks for tuning in. Let's cover the injuries real quick, guys, because we had a few huge ones that we need to make note of. Um, and, and then it's time for the Patriots, baby. Can't wait. Gotta fire up my pats. Alrighty. Pat Mahomes originally looked like devastation had struck. Knee injury ruled immediately out of the game. Turns out just to be a dislocated kneecap, as you've probably heard at this point, because it's literally the only storyline SportsCenter showed for the last like 72 hours. But dislocated kneecap, and originally, you know, three to five week timetable, MRI shows no damage. And now Adam Schefter tweeting out that he could be back in even sooner than three weeks. So ultimately, you know, the guy's a freak. I wouldn't be shocked as like a Saquon Barkley style if you're back in two weeks. I am nervous about the the risk of re-injuring if he's lacking some mobility. Um, you know, teams might be gunning for him now. But in his absence, of course, you got to downgrade guys like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, the cute wide receivers that you might have been considering cutting anyways. No need to use those guys at any point of these next couple weeks. You got to probably still lock in the top two in terms of Hill and Kelsey. They're just so talented. They can probably overcome it. We saw more connect with Tyree Kill on that late deep 50-yard bomb. Ultimately, uh, you know, though it sounds like you're not going to be without uh, Pat Mahomes for too long. Carry on Johnson, we already talked about knee injury. He's going to miss, quote, some time, but we don't know exactly how long that's going to be. It's week to week. We saw him recover very slowly last year from a knee injury. He's had chronic issues dating all the way back to Auburn. He's always been an injury concern. So why are we lower on him by about 20 spots than the experts coming into the year uh, was exactly what we're seeing. In his absence, Ty Johnson became the workhorse. I imagine the team's going to make a move, but right now only 2% owned. Check for Ty Johnson. Could be your backup plan there. Adam Thielen, unlikely to play in week eight, catches a beautiful touchdown ball, uh, then injures his hamstring on the same exact play. It, a short game, a short week to recover. Uh, Thursday night football for the Vikings. He's not expected to be out there, but they're targeting week nine. So it doesn't sound like at least it's any type of tear or anything that's going to keep him out overly long, but you definitely have a week of the Stefan Diggs show coming in Washington, that revenge game from Kirk Cousins. He should end up lighting it up there. Uh, so Thielen, you're going to be without him this week. Get a 
a backup plan. I wouldn't really look at any other wide receivers in that low-volume passing attack. But we gave you tons of names. You know, Kenny Stills, uh, you know, Corey Davis, Zach Paschal, Alex Erickson, uh, the, the cute Dolphins wide receivers. If you need a backup plan for Adam Thielen or for Will Fuller, our next guy on the list, expected to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury. Hopefully you have some money to just toss all in on Kenny Stills if you're a Fuller owner. This is the week, though, to, to lose a wide receiver because you have tons of options on the waiver wire to, to fill in for your uh, injured stars there. But Fuller expected to miss several weeks. It's a pretty serious tear. We've seen this guy heal very slowly in the past. So I uh, expect to be out without him for, for a while. And then last but not least, Matt Ryan limps off, as somebody talked about here. Um, he limped off. Uh, somebody was asking about Ryan and they need a streamer here. It's not believed to be serious, and Dan Quinn's already said, I'm not ruling him out for week eight. I wouldn't if I was you, Dan Quinn, because he's playing for his fucking job as they enter the week nine by. Arthur Blank said, we're assessing our coaches coming into it. I would definitely have a backup plan for your quarterback, though. We talked about you know maybe Kirk Cousins still lingering. You know, late, you know, de- definitely lower in your rankings, but Danny Jones against the Detroit Lions just got bombed by Cousins could be a potential option. Or, you know, I really like Tannehill as a streamer. He's 0% owned right now, facing Tampa Bay coming up this week. And also a quarterback, I don't hate stashing Cam Newton. I don't think he's going to play now. Uh, they got a tough three games and that stretch run season-long upside from week 11 to 16, by far the easiest schedule of anyone. So if Cam is fully healthy and he gets a murderer's row of just joke matchups, he could be a stretch run hero. So a guy that I would consider adding. And then last but not least... AJ Green uh, continues to just be a complete little bitch. Won't return until after the October 29th trade deadline. At this point, what incentive do the the Bengals have to rush this guy back? Uh, they're clearly going nowhere this season. They're winless right now. Ultimately, I think owners all around the place are hoping for a trade for this guy. Maybe he goes to the Patriots, the Packers, the 49ers. Uh, you know, all these teams getting rumored to be interested. You know, even um, the, the Raiders are apparently active in him. That wouldn't be a bad spot. Just anywhere but fucking Cincinnati, please, for the love of God, get out of that hellhole. We've seen it ruin Joe Mixon. I don't want to see it ruin a second fantasy product. So let's hope AJ Green is traded and then gets fully healthy after that trade deadline. All right, what do we got for questions and comments for the rest of the way? Get them all in. Uh, let's you know have a back and forth till these Patriots kick off. My husband doesn't have Facebook, but wants to always ask you questions. Send them on in, Brandy. Have him watch with you. Get your questions in. I'd be happy to answer your husband's questions as well. But let's go, Pats D. I'm fully with you, Brandy. Let's watch him take it down. Denny Jennings, I'm sorry about your Eagles, man. Uh, hopefully you have some good tacos and tons of tequila to wash away that shit. That was a hideous, hideous effort from your team. Enjoy the game to you as well, Tunes. I appreciate it. <laughs> Jeremiah Moore not forgetting the comments. Uh uh, started Latarius Murray and sat Singletary. Boom for the win. Danny, I love when it goes right like that because I had plenty that did not go right. I told somebody to sit Marvin Jones. Oh, boy. Hopefully that wasn't anybody watching this right now because feel free to pour it on me. That was a tough one. But, yeah, I'm glad I got it right for you. Will Fuller, hubby was mad. Wasn't that tough one, Brandy? Uh, feeling got the TD, but damn, yeah. So tough injuries there. Uh, congrats going out to Jeremiah Moore. Should have started Murray. I wonder who you were, who I told you to go over Murray, and I apologize, Brandy, in advance. Uh, Stash Ham Wallet Newton or uh, Sam Darnold. I think I go Darnold there, Ben. A great question. 
But Darnold, speaking of easy schedules, you don't have to wait three weeks for his schedule to become complete cake. After the Patriots this week, he's just got all, you got Miami twice, you got, you know, Washington. It's just a joke for Sam Darnold. So, and who knows? Yeah, I think Cam Newton will come back and get that uh, potential job back and be a monster down the stretch. But Kyle Allen still hasn't lost. So it's like, is Cam Newton even a guarantee to get that job? So between the two, I would go Darnold. Maybe you can wait on Cam for a couple weeks. And then ideally, maybe you can stash them both and just see what happens with Newton down the stretch. Um, but yeah, I, I go Sam Darnold. Brandy, me too. I played Mac over him and now I'm going to lose unless Darnold scores 30 points. Sorry, Jeremiah. Yeah, that's tough. I'm sorry, but I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Brandy. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and I'm sorry you got the loss this week. Got Murray right for me too. Gracias. So at least I got him right for a few of you guys. Um, I know there's a few people. I think like Terry McLaurin, somebody else. You want me, T. Coleman and Jones. I would have done the same again, Brandy. I know that's tough. Uh, Coleman... You know, didn't get those two touchdowns as I was expecting. It's just a reminder now, though, Murray, any week that Kamara misses, like this week against the Cardinals, you got to have him in your top 10 running backs. That offense is such a powerhouse for running backs when one guy especially is monopolizing the touches. It's lights out. It's game over. And Latavius Murray is an absolute beast with volume. So I'm glad it worked out for some of you. I apologize for recommending, you know, again, Aaron Jones and Coleman. I would have done the same <laughs> going into it. Next week, I would definitely have Murray above at least Coleman, if not Jones as well, though. Uh, so, Brandy, I hope I'll get that one right for you. Alrighty, folks, I'm going to go get ready for the Pats game. I appreciate you guys tuning in so much. Uh, if you don't already, if you want to download our app, like and review it in the App Store. It means the world to help us get found. Same with our podcast, FFBD Pod, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles. If you're tuning in here, we love and appreciate any five-star, you know, hopefully five-star, but if you want to give us one, we just appreciate any feedback at all from you guys, what you want to hear, what the wolf can do better for you. Let us know. We are here for you. We want to be the best possible source to get you those 2019 titles. Uh, A few more comments. Let's get to them. Aaron Jones went off, but damn, it was a hard week for everyone. It was. It was really tough. Tequila was flowing last night. Pathetic Eagles. Go Jets. Fuck you, Daddy. Uh, Fuck the Jets. And I apologize for your pathetic, awful, useless Eagles, you fucking loser. (laughs) I'll see you guys tomorrow night, Tuesday. uh, Wolf's ranking show, 5.30. A little earlier on Tuesdays uh, is when we go for that. Hope their set goes off. Uh, good luck, Wolf. Thank you. Tonight's game will be awesome. No fancy impact, just good time. I know, isn't it nice when you can just sit back and watch a game, Robert? Uh, I'm, a, I'm intrigued. This Jets team is intriguing. Let's see. A good test for the Patriots. Are they as good as they think they are? They're as good as they look? Brandy, I hope that defense is as good as possible for you. Um, how bad of a decision was it to drop Edmonds for Murray Saturday night? I mean, Murray crushed it. But Edmonds did too, Jeremiah, so I wouldn't be kicking yourself. If you get a week out of Murray to use him this week against the Cardinals, you're going to be just fine. But you got to go get yourself Edmonds back if you can. Uh, got to crush some tacos there, Denny Jennings. I'll be on. See you then. All right, folks, 5.30 tomorrow. Hope to see you all. Podcast, I'm out. Tune in for that Rankings Rundown show on Facebook Live. You guys are the best. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Make it a joy every Monday night. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 and wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Yeah.
Football right there, folks.